Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. Wanted to welcome you back to another edition of our Authors and Academia series. We haven't had one in a while, but uh, this uh, should hopefully kick off a number coming up over the next couple of months. And in this series, we look at the topic and trends that impact customer loyalty, customer experience through a unique lens, an educated lens, if you will, uh, hopefully to give an enhanced perspective on the challenge or opportunity facing our industry. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Doug Binder. Doug recently wrote a book entitled Gather, The Business of Coming Together. Events and gatherings are very important to those in the customer loyalty and customer experience space, uh, even more today as brands are offering unique, smaller, targeted, both live and virtual events, small events based on surprise and delight and based on uh, winning of sweepstakes. So they're very important to brands today. So the opportunity to get them right is important and impactful. Uh, you have the opportunity to meet your favorite chef, your favorite singer, or maybe even visit a theme park with a few of your most loyal friends uh, in, in a small setting. So again, looking forward to the discussion. Doug, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. I'm great, Mark. It's nice to see you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. You recently published a book, Gather, The Business of Coming Together, based on your research uh, during and after the lockdown, the COVID pandemic. Can you give us a brief synopsis of uh, how the gatherings have changed and uh, since COVID and also an overview of the book? Sure. Uh, you know, I wrote Gather um, because I think we all realized during the pandemic, the lockdown, how much we missed being together. So, you know, certainly in the corporate world, we missed, you know, traveling to uh, conferences, product launches, sales, whatever. But, you know, personally, we miss seeing family. We miss being able to be together at holidays. And that's where I kind of, with the book, I started understanding that people gather for the same reasons, whether it's business, whether it's personal, you know, even other species. We all gather for the same reasons. Absolutely. Okay. Um, when you look at gatherings, we uh, run a couple of different conferences during the year. Usually uh, we're back to one now. We had a gathering in September, a good event traction, uh, definitely bigger than it was in 2021, yet right. not back to pre-COVID levels, but a lot of people are expecting that uh, over the next couple of years. You know, how and when or how or when do you see getting back to normal uh, or is there a, a kind of a new normal for hotels and, and conference planners? Yeah, the new normal seems to still be changing um, constantly. Um, I, I think that the new normal will be hybrid. Uh, for a while there, we were thinking it was going to be hybrid first. Is that let's think about how our virtual audience is going to take this. Um, I think that's shifted back to if folks are willing to sacrifice the time to travel and be in person, um, that they kind of deserve that special um, attention. So I don't think we're going to be hybrid first, but I think we're going to be hybrid always from here on out. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and, and when you look at that, people who may have uh, kind of a, a discomfort with in-person events, uh, how, how do you manage that? Just is it having the uh, virtual option? Is it uh, giving them uh, the option to maybe watch things, uh, you know, in, in on demand afterwards? Yeah, I mean, it's building that virtual component if they want to be live. Um, and if you're going to put something on their calendar, make it feel live for them. So, you know, if they're sitting in their their offices, their home offices, their bedrooms, whatever, 
give them a way to add their voice or to interact with the content itself. Um, if you're going to go on demand, it's a lot simpler. It's just, you know, go download this session whenever you want and, and take it in. So it, it's really, I think, about understanding what the audience wants. And, you know, I, I think it's sort of shifted to here's not what the company wants to tell you. Here's not how we're going to plan this. It's what can we do for you? So I think it is becoming, if you want to build loyalty, is really treat the audience like they are part of your community, part of your family. Okay. And in the book, you talk about figuring out who is gathering and why. Uh, obviously, it's very important. It's similar to something that we see in customer loyalty and customer experience is this focus on personalization. So understanding uh, what uh, you know individuals may want, as we just talked about, you know, being able to listen to them, truly listen to and understand them, uh, their disparate needs, their interests, you know, why they're gathering, and they can be quite different. You know, how do you uh, how do you see that? How do how what is your take on this? Well, I think that we we already collect a lot of data about our um, attendees. So, you know, we kind of know where they are if they're in a conference space and certainly in a virtual space, we know exactly where they are, how long they're, they're spending there, who they're interacting with, you know, even if deals get done. There's a lot more we can know about these folks beyond their job title, beyond their um, you know, the sales cycles that they follow beyond their, you know, decision um, abilities, decision-making abilities, and really understand, you know, what are their motivations? You know, folks are willing to give up more of their personal data, their personal interests in return for that personalization you talk about. So let's go deeper. Let's talk about what really motivates them, what really drives them. And again, I think people are more willing than ever, especially the younger generations, to give up that kind of information, that insight, and then really analyze that data. You know, don't just look at the percentages and say, well, you know, uh, we've, we've got a bunch of, you know, uh, nerds here, we've got a bunch of foodies, is really understand what drives them. Why would they want to come to your event? What can you give them that no one else is giving them? So I think it's, it's collecting more data and analyzing it um, more robustly. Okay. We obviously run our own gathering, gatherings, uh, hopefully do two or three this next year. Uh, but many brands who are part of Loyalty 360 from travel, retail, hotel, uh, you know, uh, customer, uh, quick service restaurants, I'll get that right. You know, they also have members uh, that they run events for as well. So they run customer loyalty programs. There's a big push right now on experiential type offerings and surprise and delight. When you look at uh, these events, obviously some could range from small to very big. How do you make these events safe, engaging, and as impactful uh, as they may have been beforehand as you transition out of COVID? Sure. Well, you know, safety has always been a priority, but certainly once we got around uh, the pandemic and places opening back up is I think everyone wants to put safety first. Um so, you know, that's the local protocols. It's what your company is willing to risk. Um, some are, you know, more risk averse than others. But if you can establish the safety, then I think you can bring, you know, the engagement um, and the impact. Um, again, going back to understanding your audience, giving them what they want. Um, and, how, you know, how do you figure that out? Well, you ask them. You know, what can this event bring to you? What do you want to get out of it? Is it networking? Is it 
deals? Is it, um, you know, just the experience of being together? Um, and then, you know, design that content and design those benefits, you know, make them clear to the audience that this is what you're going to get out of our event, no matter how you attend it, uh, whether it's uh, in-person, uh, virtual, um, just always keep that audience first. And, you know, I think you're going to have a very loyal, very committed uh, group of attendees. Okay. You, you mentioned the four pillars of gathering and get-togethers in the book. Can you uh, detail what those are and, and what they mean for individuals who are running these type of events? Yeah, you know, I, I, the book, anyone who's written a book, you know, it flies around your head for years before it gets to the page. And when I kind of had a, a, a realization that uh, every species gathers, so, you know, bees in a hive, uh, you know, lions in a pride, uh, someone mentioned, you know, dogs in a dog park. When it comes to humans, why we gather personally with family or with friends shares a lot in common with why we gather uh, for business. And so the four pillars are community, is connecting with other like-minded folks, um, you know, who, who have the same drive, have the same interests, personal growth is another that I talk about in the book, um, which is really learning. It's uh, being a mentor or a mentee. It is, um, you know, sharing uh, that that helps you build, you know, your own status within that community. So personal growth is number two. Celebration, again, on the personal side, it's everything from birthday parties to, you know, rock concerts to uh, sports events. Um, and same in, uh, uh, business is celebrating achievements, celebrating accomplishments, whether it's, you know, sales figures or a product launch or, um, you know, a, a, a new uh, a new company, a new acquisition. And then the fourth is pleasure. Um, and on the personal side, I think we can find a lot of ways that we, we get pleasure out of those personal gatherings. In business, there's plenty of ways to do that too. You know, there's, there's the thrill there's the um, the surprise and delight that you know unlocks the endorphins. Um, so how can you bring more pleasure into your business events and keep it on brand and keep it on message? Absolutely. When you look at events, uh, you mention uh, in the book that they can foster empathy and understanding. Can you uh, detail that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean. Empathy is is everything, and I think coming out of the pandemic, it's even more. We've all been through something. I'm going to say unprecedented. I owe myself a quarter, but it is um, it, it it is coming back to why we do this. It's about being human, and to be human as a company or a leader is being willing to share some of your own vulnerabilities, some of your own personal experiences, some of the things that you want to overcome. Um, in order to, again, be successful, sell more, um, you know, grow your community. And I think that that's, that comes down to, you know, in the book, I spend a lot of time talking about storytelling because everyone's got a lot of the same aspirations. Everyone's got some of the same insecurities. If you're willing to put that out to your audience, I think that they're much more willing to, you know, bring their own openness to the conversation and the community. 
Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, a challenge traditionally with brands who have marketing programs or customer experience or customer loyalty efforts. There's a difference between hearing and actually listening to and understanding uh, what the customers are asking for. And then when you do that, right, how do you action against that, which can be a big challenge as well? Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, in the book, I also talk about, again, storytelling is, is a whole chapter um, because that, I think, is what animates um, gatherings of any kind. Um, but there's also something that's emerged and, and you're probably familiar with story selling instead of storytelling. It's really using, again, the human triggers to Im impress upon a customer or prospect what this actually will do for them, how this would affect their, you know, their lives beyond their jobs. So, um, you know, only I think with the face-to-face the -face and even what we're doing here, can you really get that story selling across? Okay. When you look at uh, kind of blending the virtual and in-person, right, there's a lot of things you get in person that uh, are advantageous and there can, there can be uh, also with regard to the virtual components. Uh, new technologies are something that uh, we're somewhat familiar with uh, in the meetings and event space. A lot of times you get sold something that, that may or may not actually do what it needs to do. But, you know, how do new technologies uh, and the strategies that can augment these new technologies, you know, impact the way gatherings take shape? Yeah, I mean, my take on technology, and again, I've, I've worked mostly with technology companies over the last 20 years, um, is make sure that whatever technology you're taking is not an impediment to the human connection. Um, you know, event apps before the pandemic, a lot of times, I mean, I'd, I'd see people who were just so into gamification that, you know, they take pictures of their feet in a general session, post it so that they get 50 points. Um, that's not bringing people closer to your brand and your message. So when you think about technology, how do you create a connection um, how do you get to know your attendees better? Um, how do you give them a better experience through technology? Um, so again, I think that there's there's tons of platforms you can put together. In the last two years, three years, um, I think that event platforms have gotten better, but there's still so much that can be done to make the experience for a virtual attendee um, more enriching. And even on site to use technologies, whether it's digital signage, um, you know, really good interactive kiosks or chatbots to make that experience more uh, fulfilling for attendees. So I think there's a lot of work to do, um, but key to that is make sure it's it's bringing people closer together and closer to your brand and message. If someone has limited resources or limited means or kind of a smaller event, right? So there, there's a challenge with regard to potentially offering a traditional event and, or augmenting with, you know, with live feeds or virtual events. You know, you know, how does one decide whether to offer a traditional event or having the virtual components or live feeds or uh, you know, to get it right? Is there kind of a kind of a, an equation or a way to kind of uh, measure the, the, the cost benefit uh, and potential return, or, or, you know, both from a monetary perspective, but also from an engagement perspective? Well, yeah, I think the economies of events um, is completely disrupted. Um, you know, to do a conventional event five years ago, your your budget was going to be mostly travel, um, entertainment, F&B, 
that sort of thing, you know, venue costs. Um, and then we got into the hybrid. And I think a lot of folks who watch the dollars realized, you know, we're, we're still being productive. We're still bringing this community together. Um, you know, we're still getting a, you know, we're getting a huge return on our investment. So I have seen some of my clients um, realize that we don't need to bring 10,000 people to Las Vegas, um, which is something I used to love to do. But can you bring 1,000 people there and talk to 50,000 people who are staying home? So again, it's, it's really shaken up the, the economies of where you invest and what your return is. Um, but I, 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 again, I have seen, and it's, it's not great news for the live event business, but, um, you know, the financial parts of companies are saying, uh, you know, we, we don't need to spend that much money on this, um, you know, make it go virtual and, and keep it cheap. Okay. Interesting. When you look at the industry as a whole, uh, is there one thing that you would suggest or a piece of advice you would suggest someone who is running these events to help them increase the impact, the efficacy, the efficiencies of, of what they do? Again, put the audience first. Um, too often the POV that a lot of event planners come with is, you know, we've got you for 14 hours today. And so we're going to start with breakfast at six in the morning, we're going to have our first general session at seven. We're going to, you know, give you lunch and then we're going to have breakouts all afternoon. You get 15 minutes to freshen up and go to the evening event. I think that that really just suffocates the, the attendee experience is I think you need to give them more power to choose how they want to spend their time, give them more downtime during a day um, to go do their own work um, Give them activities in the afternoon. I'd say, you know, sort of choose your own adventure that maybe isn't hardcore business, but it promotes culture. So more philanthropy, um, you know, more uh, group dynamics to maybe go off site and, um, you know, visit, uh, you know, visit one of the job sites, visit one of the stores, you know, uh, visit something that's maybe part of your supply chain. So again, we're not drilling hardcore messages into everyone 14 hours a day, but they're getting to know our culture. You know, we're building that loyalty that this is who we are. We want you to become part of this and make this come to life. Okay. Uh, you know, what is the biggest challenge you see or you've seen uh, when supporting a running event? Uh, boy. Um, you know, I, th I think a lot of times it's consistency uh, is when you when you do events, you know, sometimes you're planning for nine months, 12 months, and the the needs of that event that far out are going to be very different by the time you get on site. Um, you know, whether it's market factors, whether it's your own company factors, whether it's a pandemic is, you know, I think that the challenge is to be consistent, which means you have to be flexible and agile um, and be willing to accept that change. And I think that takes, you know, just foundationally when you set up an event and an event team is bring that home is guys, here's what we think we're going to do, but everyone hold on tight because, you know, the world is going to change, you know, between now and then. 
Absolutely. What What's the biggest uh, blow up you've ever seen in an event? Biggest blow up? Yeah, the biggest uh, yeah blow up uh, issue uh, faux pas. What, what's the uh, yeah, kind of fun you know again? I, I talk about that in the book a little bit. Is is it's those accidents that happen or the unexpected that happens where you can change the tide of your event. So, you know, I, I was planning for a large uh, multinational chip company dinner on the Great Wall of China. And, you know, out of nowhere, this thunderstorm rolls in, there's lightning all over the place. Um, you know, security is running up the wall to try to get everyone to come back down about, you know, 400, 500 people. They all get down. It's still lightning and thundering everywhere. And the buses are locked because the drivers have gone to dinner. So, you know, that was kind of a challenge. But what you do is, again, be agile and flexible. So, you know, the servers now become bartenders. The, um, you know, the entertainment now is going to be sort of marching entertainment. I mean, it's how you react to that, that what, you know, having dinner on the Great Wall was awesome. But when you see that weather, when you feel that, you know, that isolation that really builds community, um, that became just one of the most memorable experiences for me. But, you know, when I run into some of the, the those clients, you know, we still talk about those moments of just sheer panic that turned into a really great night. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think. Uh, that's one of the things that we realize that if a mistake happens and the realization has happened, just live with it, apologize. Most people will have empathy uh, and, uh, you know, apologizing that it happened, uh, maybe laughing about it a little bit and then kind of proceeding. And uh, there's nothing you can do at the time to, 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 to address and to change that what happened, right? You just have to accept it and kind of move forward. Absolutely. And, and you know, I've used this, you know, in my customer service days as well, is that, if you have a customer who has an issue, you can either fix it or you can turn that issue into something that is going to make them just rabid fans of your product, your business, your culture. Um, and it goes back to my earliest days at Disney where, you know, things happen. Um, people have a bad day. Um, and again, I can just fix it or you know what, you missed the parade today because your son, you know, face planted um, coming out of Space Mountain. Guess what? Tomorrow, your son's going to be Grand Marshal. And that just changes, you know, the whole equation between a corporation and, you know, a person. And we can do the same in, in corporate, I think. Absolutely. And the last question we have is, uh, what one or two things would you recommend to, to meeting planners, the brands who are running events today uh, or supporting events? You know, what one or two things would you recommend uh, to deal with this new normal? Respect your audience and their time. Uh, a time is so important. And whether that involves travel, whether it involves, like we spoke before about, you know, an agenda is respect your audience's time. Absolutely. Well, Doug, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. It was great uh, getting to know you a little bit. And also, it was uh, great hearing more about the book. I think it uh, is very apropos for our audience, very germane, very relevant, uh, because there there is some challenging times uh, with regard to meetings, especially those uh, who are in customer loyalty, customer experience, and are focused on making sure they're as good as they can be. So this was, uh, this was a very insightful interview. So thank you for the time. Well, thank you, Mark. It's nice talking to you. 
Nice talking with you as well. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, hopefully have you back again for another of our Authors and Academia series soon. Thank you very much.